And we are coming down in three, two, one. Cupcake the Riddler, and I'm joined by Ock Gene Watchable. No Awkward Silent Souls. <laughs> Bash Chris Massey. And the Red of a Red Baron. snake. I have to be a rat and a snake? Yes. Alright. You eat yourself, bitch. Well, congratulations, you're one sixth of the Chinese calendar. <laughs> Thank you. You'll never be an ox, though. No, no shot. But listen, that's the recognition I was looking for. You are a cock, though. Is that part of the calendar? Yeah. Yeah, it's a rooster. Oh. Where are the roosters, Kendall? Where are the roosters? We are the roosters. Oh. 1993. Oh. Yeah, I'm actually uh, not, not amazed, but I guess I'm amazed at how little I know and how much you guys know about this. <laughs> took a class on it. I've had it twice. No, we didn't. So, uh, shout out to the, the Cox, you know, Souls and I, uh, and uh, <laughs> whatever whatever you guys are. I think Mock's a monkey or something like that. Yeah, Mock and I are a couple baboons. <laughs> Massey, you're 92? I'm also a monkey. Yeah, Massey's also a monkey. Kendall was a two cocks, baby. Hey, you know what they say, two is better than one anyway. I don't think a lot of people say that. <laughs> ah, I just heard it on TV shows and whatnot. Oh. Although although I will say, uh, a, a, a late last-minute toast of excellence, uh, a former adult film star, uh, Adriana Chechlik, uh fractured her back at TwitchCon. Yeah. <laughs> That's hot. And and jumped into like a foam pit that had very little foam. Yeah, it was just straight concrete underneath. And then someone immediately posted a video, a uh, picture of Johnny Simpson said, the doctor waiting at TwitchCon. Oh, <laughs> man. Classic. Internet stays undefeated. I just caught this Zubat from up, up above. This thing had no fucking clue what was coming. Uh, starting lineups. From Two Roads Brewing, I am drinking Straight City Hazy Juicy IPA. Thank God it's the last one. <laughs> Some of them like me, like Kyle could just go ahead and just either not drink that beer or do whatever he wants with it, but he's just gonna, you know, just get through it right out, man, after my own heart. Just deal with it. Mock's drinking a Budweiser. Uh, I'm just I'm I'm on, I'm on the water train at the moment. I'm also on the water train. I I came home so dry. <laughs> we bought the wrong kind of water like four times. <laughs> what does that even mean? So like, mineral water is fucking terrible. So okay. we we only bought two cases of fucking that. 
next day, <laughs> the fucking translator said it said spring water. And uh, it wasn't. It was sparkling water. And that's terrible. So we just kept buying the wrong kind of fucking water. <laughs> just over and over. You never got water. You just got options. Yeah, it, it just wasn't. It wasn't. I'm telling you, a lot of shit went wrong, man. Yeah, we got to see a smoking hot school teacher. That was funny. What's up? <laughs> I could just picture him doing that too. Yeah, was the school teacher's name Mrs. Lisa Ann? <laughs> it was Mister. Ugh. Hey, it's 2022. Yeah, Mister Lisa. Mister Lisa. Lisa Sims. Uh. It, it just evolved my gasoline. Okay, oh, what, did gotta, it, what beer did it evolve into? Uh, I'm actually drinking uh, water as well, but of the liquid death variety. Nice. Yeah. We gotta Can change we gotta... the name of our show. Uh, I'm not Can drinking water. Can we a bunch of bitches now? Uh, I'm drinking from the Riddler collection, which should be no surprise to anyone who's listened to one episode of the show. Um, but I... Hey, you're a cheap fuck. I well, was... actually, it would be kind of somewhat of a surprise, Kendall, because they don't have a large sample size to compare that to. True. Uh, the Riddler, who has graciously provided many things I've drank over the years, uh, I have... More like all of them. Kyle, please don't interrupt me when I'm trying to, you know, gaslight here. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm drinking a whiskey sour. Uh, Riddler provided me with uh, this pre-made mix, uh, this classic lemon sour mix from Ripe Bar Juice, which is Connecticut-based um, in, in Wallingford. Is that any good? It is very good. In fact, it's it's good enough to just drink on its own. Uh, but being the boozer that I am, I mixed it with mixed it with a uh, Crown Royal. I made some whiskey sours over the weekend, and I saved just enough for the show tonight. So I'll be enjoying that. Did you save it in a thermos? Nope, in the actual bottle that the mix came in. <laughs> that checks out. Like a yeah. real drunkard. Um, anybody have any toast of excellence? I got one. I have a few, I have a feeling there's going to be a few Homer ones today. New York Giants, baby. Oh, I'll take. I'll take the other one. Aaron Judge is the new American League record holder for home runs. I believe Number you 62. meant to say MLB. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> he very much is not. If Tim Kirkhand doesn't think he is, then that's good enough for me. Right, we got two out of the way. Who's up next? Oh, um, mine's to the Philadelphia Phillies for beating the St. Louis Cardinals in the wild card round. Cheers to you, Kyle. Good win. Thank, thank you. Um, I have one. It's not. I don't know how recent it is, but I just saw it recently. Have you seen the the new State Farm commercial that features Andy Reid on the plane? Yes. I I enjoy that very much. It's just so stupid. Him drawing mustaches on on people on the plane and. Mahomes comes out and says, like, oh, Fuck. coach, it happened again. It made me laugh. Paul? Um, let's see. Well, all my teams suck. So, I don't know. Paul to Davis Mills. I don't know. I mean, I guess to the Phillies for not being a 500 team. Yeah. I'm going to ride the mock train here pretty hard to the Jimmy Garoppolo doing pretty good and to uh, Baker Mayfield for being washed. 
Yeah, Baker Mayfield's pretty terrible. He he is awful. Not playing well. Jimmy G twenty game. Let's see. I I see something. Oh oh, this was what it was. It's to Nick Castellanos. He sucks. Um, have you seen his thing though? No. no. So he's like the cursed player. Cursed pl- or he's a he causes like curses wherever he goes. What do you do? The stupid video is not loading for some reason. I know he bought Ben Simmons' house. That's really? Why. <laughs> Um, alright. Oh, so, Nick Castellanos, every time, like, the Reds, like, announce team is in the middle of, like, announcing something that happened in the real world, he hits a home run. So, like, when Tom Brennan made, like, a, the Reds, in, or the Fox Sports announcer made, like, a homophobic comment during a national, like, television game, and basically resigned mid-game, like, Nick, Castellan- Nick Castellanos hit a home run. He hit a home run on 9-11. He hit a home run to, um, when they announced Queen Elizabeth's death. Um, he hit a home run when they were doing a eulogy for, like, one of the greatest Reds of all time. Um, he hit a home run when they were doing a eulogy for a Cincinnati war hero. Uh, <laughs> Cassiano's he a, crush. Uh, he hit a home run. He hit a home run when they announced the extent of, uh, Fernando Tatis's preseason injury. Hey, um, guy thrives on bad news. That's what I'm saying. Good for him. And then I think I had another one. I always save these things, but then I can never remember what they are. Oh, for when the uh, and then the other one was um when the Yankees clinched the um AL East. Uh, was a big fan of them doing the video in the uh in the locker room celebrating with all the champagne. And there's just a video of some player, and you can't see who it is, but he's pouring a full Budweiser down uh nasty Nestor's. Oh yeah. Like, he just pulls the back of his shorts out and then just pours a beer down it. <laughs> and someone's like, who's doing that? I do have another Yankees toast. If, if you're all done, Paul. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really, I'm kind of picking the bottom of the barrel here because my, my homer things, like, I mean, like, uh, Justin Fields didn't throw a pick this week. Hey, that's, that's toast worthy. Go ahead. So mine, mine is to the Yankees for finally realizing that Raldus Chapman is a fucking waste of space in the MLB <laughs> and leaving him off the playoff roster. God. Your, your bullpen's going to be worse because of it. Kyle, he's not good. Probably what else good. you got in there? He, he's, not, he's not good. Probably what else you got just, going He just comes there. in. Walks the bases loaded and then gives up home runs. I did enjoy how like, never pitched in the postseason. It was like a mutual fu between the both parties. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he like whatever he missed the the fucking workout after they told him if you don't go you will be on the roster. <laughs> like, fuck him. Well, so I heard what happened was, and this might be what you were saying, I came into the conversation late, 
uh, he asked them, hey, can you guarantee me I'm going to play in the playoffs? And they couldn't give him a straight answer. So he said, fuck you, then I'm not going. And then didn't go. not that good. I wish they traded him and whatever. If he went somewhere else and pitched well, good for him, but fuck him. I mean, technically they did trade him just years ago. Your bullpen can be your weak point. I mean, here's the deal. If it is, it is, but it's not like he strengthened it. He he blows almost every save he's fucking in. He's He's not good. If their bullpen's weak, it's weak. That's fine. Like him being gone doesn't make it weaker, and him being there doesn't make it better. He he was literally like a complete non-factor. That's how you play this. Sorry. Good. Just learn something. Yeah. Hey, Mark, how you feeling about those Giants? I tell you what. I'm, I'm trying to... No, you're not. No, no, no. I, honestly, <laughs> because I, I know they have a weak schedule, right? I, I know that, you know, they're, they're playing teams that are, you know, not great. But I, I am seeing a lot of things that I like that they're doing that they haven't done in years past. Uh, like, I... I Play calling, I think, is light years better than it's been in the last six years. Um, you know, guys, the offensive line is playing better than I've seen it in a long time. Um, there's still need, there's still work that needs to be done, but I mean, the they they look like a decent football team. You know, I I still think. The, the division is the Eagles to lose. Um, but I, I don't think they're, they're playing well. You know, and I think that the comeback against the Packers, I think, is a huge win. Even though, you know, the Packers aren't what they have been, but still. Um, they are who they thought they were. <laughs> it would let them off the hook. <laughs> I, I think the Giants have been playing pretty pretty decent football. You know what's interesting? Go ahead, Kyle. I was about to say, you got killed by Taysom Hill this week. I got killed by everybody. I had actually uh, somewhat reminiscent of our trip trip to Pittsburgh. You know, with with Pittsburgh losing, Mets being eliminated, and getting blown out in fantasy. It was almost like a parallel (laughs) parallel weekend. Um, Did Did you smoke a lot of cigarettes? I was just gonna ask that. No, just it just I should have prepared ahead of time. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, Mets blew that one, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, go ahead, Kyle. I didn't say nothing. No, I'm I'm hearing things. Um, we don't we don't have to talk about that unless you guys really want to. Um, I, I figured we Paul has kind of constructed, you know these NFL style questions and I seem like kind of a good segue uh, from what we were talking well, giants. So real quick, real quick before anything else, did anybody else just hear Kendall have a stroke at the beginning of that sentence? Yeah. I don't know why he's putting all this pressure on me. No, not, not on you. I just, I, 
I, I was going to mention something about the Giants, and then it came up about the Mets thing, and then they wanted well, to. You're using me as a you're using me as a scapegoat to uh to to not have to talk about the Mets. I'll be happy to talk about. I I've had like this this conversation in my head for like eighteen hours, just like I was like talking to myself, like I like schizophrenia. Um, it was it was horrible. It it was absolutely horrible. Um, in in my opinion. You know, it's a microcosm of what the there's going to happen anyway. You know, you you get swept by the Cubs. You know, you had uh, at one point a ten and a half game lead. You led the NL East for uh, 174 of 180 days, and you blow it by getting swept by the Braves in the second to last series of the season. You needed to win one game to secure a spot, and you didn't. You know, you, you you lose the head-to-head matchup 10-9. to You end up having the better record versus NLE's teams by two games. And it doesn't matter because you couldn't take care of business when it mattered. And, uh, you know, a team that was kind of beat up could really deserve the rest. Uh, give it to the Braves. And the Braves don't blow those opportunities. The Mets did. And uh, they, they they deserved it. They were, they were not prepared. Uh, the better team won in every capacity. And uh, the the Mets fans who are gonna you know whine and cry about like being robbed, you blew it. You absolutely blew it. You know you you have a hundred and one wins, which is you know they've done that four times in the history of the Mets. They've won a hundred games, and all it is is gonna be a statistic. They won. Hey, great season. You had a hundred hundred one wins. Fantastic. Didn't matter. Waste. And to say that. You know, you didn't win the World Series is an overreaction. It's, it's an unrealistic expectation. But to not advance one one series in the playoffs with the roster that you touted is a waste. And now they have, you know, every month to sit and, you know, watch the players that they signed go play elsewhere and just wasted everybody's time. So thank you, New York Mets. All right. I mean, and you guys say I punt on my team. Yeah, but the Mets—he's one hundred percent right. Foul part. He's one hundred percent right. So. You know, it, it's funny because we we talked about it on the like when the Yankees had their collapse. How you know it was what right right after the All Star break? It was like early August, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I remember, you know, it was starting to get to be where everyone's kind of like, you know, this is what they're gonna be. It's all. But they they had the time to kind of right the ship, and and keep going. It, it it was a matter of timing with the Mets. Like it was the end of the year where they they started a play, and then it it just rolled in. There there was there wasn't enough time for them to to write it in time to go into the playoffs. Yeah, and the thing is, like you know, it's you have and here's for me. Like I don't know what your guys' feelings on situations like this. I would rather have. You know, a healthy pitcher at not the same, like, class level of a Max Scherzer or Jacob DeRong go out there rather than uh, a Max Scherzer go out at 71% and then get hit around and then the commentators and the sports analysts are like, oh, well, he was hurt. But that, that doesn't, doesn't help anything. It doesn't mean anything. You yeah. lost. You know, I, I, don't, I don't care. Either show up with your best or don't, don't show up. because it, it doesn't do any good to say something in hindsight. And I, I will never understand the notion, and this goes for all sports, that, like, hey, he's a competitor. I, I, you know, credit. You know, g- good good for you for, you know, you know, standing tough and, and trying to pitch through. But 
when push comes to shove and, you know, your back's against the wall, it doesn't do any good. You know, like, these guys are supposed to be, you know, dominant. And, you know, Scherzer's getting old. You know, DeGrom can't be dominant forever. I understand that. But big series before the playoffs, you needed one win. And three guys, top three guys, not one of them could get the job done. It's just, it's un- un- unacceptable. It, it was more of a, a commentary on, on Scherzer more so than DeGrom. I, I don't think he pitched that well, but, I mean, pitched that bad. Um, it was just for me, like, you know, he, he was injured to start the year. You know, he had a, a few good starts. The last five were really, you know, they were kind of more more pedestrian than not. And I, I, I understand, I, I'm a fan who understands. Like, you, you can't be good forever. You just, you just can't, you know, the bad starts going to happen. I, I understand that, you know, but it seemed, it seemed like, you know, as every start went along, you know, the, the hits were increasing, the home runs were increasing, you know, that statistic that they touted, oh, you know, DeGrom only has given up one earned run over X amount of starts. That number became two, that number became three. And it kind of compiled on itself very quickly. And then it's like, I don't know. You know, um, well, the Mets have this thing where they believe the Grom should never have a bad start. Well, hey, you that's guys keep going. I'll, I'll be right back. Yeah, Mets fans have this pedigree that the Grom's untouchable, and and that is time. and that's a very unfair thing to put on a player to put it on the league. You know, to, to you know to, to have that notion, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I've ever had that. Um notion about him that he has to you know go out and oh he, he's you know this amazing thing blah 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 uh, i was very unhappy with how this you know mm-hmm. season went for him and and i just i just felt that w- wasn't doing the right things you can't just be a two-pitch pitcher it doesn't work it, it just especially it, it, as a starter right it's it's i don't especially care how if, if you can really you know craft it and, and be good that's fine Kyle will tell you. Oh, you guys will tell you. Hitters, this is Major League Baseball. They're they're gonna figure you out. It might work for three starts, but it won't work for a whole season. It just it just. It, well, the thing is, is that he went the last few starts. He like he had trouble commanding, and I don't know if that's just like not having enough reps. Because let's be honest, he only pitched that what like six or seven times. Yeah, this year. I, I want to I want to say he had maybe seven starts. I'd have to look it up, but you know maybe. Like maybe. pitchers don't really hit their stride until. Probably their tenth start on. Yeah, it it was too little, too late, and th- th- we have to remember too. It was what 20, 2013 when Degrom kind of came in the league and hit probably success in twenty fourteen. Probably was that, that next year when things were kind of really coming together, and then after the the World Series lost, there was a really great <coughs> run that he went on, but had had some injuries that kept him out, but. You know, I, I wonder if we've turned that corner. And some pitchers can reinvent themselves, but those guys like, you know, the, the Brian Wilsons of the world, the, um, the Tim Lincecums, I remember being in high school thinking that he was just going to be good forever because he was so dominant. And then you, you wake up one morning and he's not. He's not good anymore. And I, I just, I don't know if, if maybe... I think that's unfair to say because DeGrom was still very good. Well, I, I'm just using, I'm using 
as an example, like it, w- there's been tons of pitchers who had like a we'll call it a a, a two or three year span where they were like super well, I dominant. I do think Degrom's done as a Met. Um, he kind of he kind of came out and said it. Well, he, how, it's like, how else can he be? Is he is he a free agent? Yep. It's he, he kind of it's one of those saying without saying it things. I I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion, but I think the I wouldn't be surprised. Well, in, his, in his interviews, they were just saying like. When you're thinking about like how this could be your last start as a Met, he came out and said, "Yeah, I thought about it." Yeah, but I mean, I just I think it's something you say. I I mean. Yeah, but Kyle, that to me doesn't mean he's saying he's done with the Met. I mean, well, I think just him being a, that's, just, that's, that's him being a like a person. Like, yeah, of course I thought about it. Like, I'm I'm a person, and and this also, could be. How are they gonna pay him? I, again, I'm I'm not making a case of him staying. I'm just saying like. Him saying, yeah, I thought about it, I don't think is an indication that, hey, I'm done here. Right. That, that's that's the only point I'm at. I'm not, he, he very well may be, and maybe he is, but I, I don't think him saying, yeah, I thought that this could be my last start is him saying that. Yeah. Either way, it's it's a it's a shame for, for everything to go the way it did. And I, w- I would be less upset. If you know we're talking the the next series we go on to play the Dodgers and you know you get you get swept doing that, I I just feel that everything that we had seen they they should have been able to despite injury despite everything that happened they should have been able to walk away with at least one series victory to feel good about your year, and uh, they they didn't they didn't you know you get <laughs> you get one hit in, in your final game at home at home and get and get embarrassed it's just disgraceful. Christian made you guys look his bitch. Yeah, well, that it, guy it, literally had like one ninety-seven batting average and it, went off in the playoffs. Every, the, the bottom of the lineup for San Diego came alive, and you know it, it wasn't it wasn't the big player. It, it wasn't the um, the Machados, and it wasn't the the Sotos that really killed it. I mean, they, yeah, they got theirs, but it was the bottom of the lineup guys who really did the damage that whole series. And a lot of times you see stuff like that happen in the playoffs where it's, there's always, I mean, every year there, there's always just like some random fucking no name guy that makes something happen. I mean, look fucking Aaron Boone. Like, <laughs> Aaron Boone was not a good player. He wasn't. He, he came up. He, he wasn't. Uh, what are you going to say next? That Jacoby Ellsbury was a bust as a Yankee? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, what I mean is like you, you. There's always a guy every year in the plot, like some some bottom of the lineup guy, and that that makes makes headlines. It happens every year. Yeah, I just wanted to say one last thing because I'm I'm just getting you know infuriated and I'm dejected enough as it is about the Mets. Um, I didn't hate, you know, I, there was a lot of criticism for the, the Buck Showalter thing going, you know, accusing uh, Musgrove there. Um, I don't think there was anything wrong with that. You know, they, they checked him out and it turned out there was nothing there and it, it was over with. I, I didn't, I thought that was a, a decent tactic. Because it did look odd. I'm not going to, from the beginning of the game, started like, why is it years like that? They, I, I was, you know, I didn't really think I much of that. it. What's the, what's the deal behind what happened there? Uh, they, they, he came out and they wanted to check him for an illegal substance and the, the umpires, they went and they did their whole thing, you know, and they, they determined there was nothing wrong and 
fine. I, I can live with it. <laughs> you know, but the, the, he was under fire for like, oh, you know, just because you're losing while you're going and, you know, trying oh, to, like you know, cut him. Behind the ears and shit? Yeah, like, why are you trying to cut this guy down? I, I To me, I thought it, it looked bizarre. It didn't look natural, but. You know, I'm not going to sit here like, oh, he he cheated. I don't I don't feel that way because they they spent a lot of time checking him. I, I just you know I feel that Showalter did the right thing. Did you it, see a, anything it, that would have led you to think he was? I just his his ears were just very shiny. It was very bizarre looking. Gotcha. It, it's a weird thing too. Like it's a weird dynamic now because if you're the manager coming out. Like, no, you're you're almost admitting like, hey, this guy's really beating us. Like, there's got to be something going on here. Um, so it is like a weird thing. Yeah. You know, I I thought it was funny. I, was it this year, or last year, when they had sh- like Chuck Scherzer like you know every inning for like four innings? Yeah. He he like pulled his belt off. <laughs> that was against the Phillies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Gerard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's... It can be a tactic, I think, on either on either side. You know, you want to kind of fuck with the pitcher every time, but like, check him. Because, you know, spider tech is a real deal. And it's funny just to compare, you know, the MLB to uh, men's league softball. Where my uncle is pitching with a batter's glove on. <laughs> He's actually pitching better with a batting glove on. And it's pretty funny. <laughs> I was like, man, I wonder if that's even like allowed. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, no one said anything, so. Hey, there you go. Get out there. Get your glove, kid. <laughs> <laughs> But that's it. As a that, that's it. As Forrest Gump says, that's all I'd like to say about that. All I have to say about that. Well, you are group Forrest Gump, so. Haha, <laughs> uh, Kendall. Hey, that's a cop. That guy did a lot of stuff. A lot of irrelevant. That guy did a lot of stuff. <laughs> This is not wrong. <laughs> I mean, he's got AIDS, so good for you, I guess. Dude was in there. Yeah, I feel like they don't really cover that part of the story. I was getting some strange. They did. Did you ever see Philadelphia? <laughs> Kyle, it's good on you. It's the spinoff. <laughs> it's a spinoff. Kyle, fuck you so much for that. Why? It worked. That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Which is where the Tom Hanks happened to be in both of them. Okay. That was so funny. But yeah, maybe. have you ever seen Philadelphia? What? Have you ever seen Philadelphia? Like, the city? No, the movie. <laughs> I've seen the city once. I was with you. Have you yeah. seen uh, all? It's a movie. No, Kyle, I have not seen. It. Have you seen all dogs go to Philadelphia? Yes. 
It's a good movie. I've watched the dog get shot in the first minutes. Oh my. Pretty much. Didn't get shot. He got just... You're a junk, you stabbed him. I'm sorry. It would be funny if they redid hey, Oliver and Company and made the dogs, like, really ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Stan Helsing was a funny movie. Kyle and I watched Stan Helsing, no no exaggeration, probably like 18 times. I don't know what Stan Helsing is. It's not a good movie at all. Keenan Thompson's in it. I say, it's actually a pretty bad movie. <laughs> it's like notably bad. <laughs> worth a watch. It is worth it. It's not worth I it. I fell into a burning rain of fire. Why are they looking at us like this? Did you say a rain of fire? That's it, rain. Did you ever see Reba? Show? That's the show. You, you you know the boyfriend in that movie, in that show? Yeah. Yeah, he was in Stan Helsing. He's the main character. That's very funny. <laughs> Can we move on from this? Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> But at Giants winning one uh, across the pond, I listened to that game on AM radio. Nice, Kendall. Nice. Oh, yeah. And uh, nice. the, the Colts-Denver game was pretty fucking atrocious. I don't like how you, you used, I don't like how you used one team's name in one team's city. <laughs> yeah, it's what I do the best. Detroit got shut out. Pittsburgh is trash. And uh, the how about we just uh, how about we just go a game at a time, Kyle? Yeah, I got you. Um, Chargers defense is very overrated. Who's Chargers? No, it's not. They can't stop nobody. Um, Trevor Lawrence let let people down again against the Texans. Um, Kyle, but. We're going a game at a time, dude. I like oh, he, my go- bad, yeah. he goes, I got you. It just continues what he's doing. <laughs> I, I, I was just talking shit about each game. I thought this, I thought that's what you meant. No. <laughs> so we're going to talk. We can talk. Well, Kendall will bring up a game. We can, we can give points on it if we want. That's where Kyle can talk all the shit. And then like, I'm going to pose like a kind of like a question that either relates to both teams or individually for each team and you guys can kind of discuss yeah so we'll let, the, we'll let the rewind button real quick and we'll go uh colts broncos the thursday night game uh, okay so does anyone have anything they want to say about it before we get into it or do you want to just pose the question um i think you'd pose a question <laughs> okay so my question for the um all right my question for the game was for the colts is what what's a bigger what's a bigger panic move for the Colts this offseason? Addressing what they thought was a gold standard offensive line or stopping the veteran quarterback carousel. And then on the Denver side of the ball, um the question was going to be do um is there any chance that the offense gets 
into any sort of rhythm throughout the course of the season, or is this going to be a quote-unquote 49ers-type team that maybe makes the playoffs entirely written on its defense? You guys can discuss. Um, I think for the, the Colts side, uh, I think this veteran quarterback thing has to stop. I think they have to commit to, I guess we'll just call it for the sake of argument, a, a, a rebuild, you know, draft somebody. I just, I feel that Matt Ryan, the, the time has kind of passed him by. Sort of, sort of the way that, you know, Philip Rivers, he can still play, still go out and, and, and win games, but I think the, the level is not the same. I think we're just – in general, you're gonna you're gonna get you know the the 148 yard days with hopefully a, p- a pair of touchdowns and hopefully a running game is gonna carry. A, and I don't I don't know if that's really the winning method uh, moving forward for that team. Well, Matt Ryan's ship has sailed two years before this year, so it was just kind of like a lateral move. I think Carson Wentz was the better quarterback for that team. So I think they have to address the quarterback situation. Uh, any other thoughts? You guys don't all have to chime in if you don't want. It's just you know, you, and you guys can bounce around. The the you know, I know the quarterback question is you know, it seems obvious anytime you bring up a a, a, a team that has an issue with quarterback. Quarterback always is the answer because it's the most important thing on the field. But you know. Matt Ryan is a quarterback that, you know, has led the league in stats. Has did he did he win an MVP? I think so. Yeah, yeah. They went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, so, you know, he won an MVP. He's taken it he has been part of a team that's gone to a Super Bowl. You know, so like he, he has like a certain there's there's a pedigree there. The receiving core isn't as great as you'd like it to be, but it's decent. But, you know, this is this is an offensive line that, you know, not that long ago wasn't giving up any sacks and is now giving up six a game. <laughs> and I understand Matt Ryan's not mobile, but they haven't really had a mobile quarterback ever. I mean, Andrew, you know, they've never had a mobile quarterback. So, I mean, Jacoby Brissett is the closest thing to a mobile quarterback <laughs> they've ever had. And, you know, they, like I said, just two, just two years ago, you know, the quarterback could take up to, I think it was like an eight-second average in the pocket without having to move to throw the ball and Matt Ryan was sacked what seven times against the Broncos. And that's without, that was without their all-star pass rusher and two injuries to other pass rushers during the game. And, and Matt Ryan's been laid out. Matt Ryan's, I think the was like, I think they said he was like the third most sacked quarterback in the NFL going into that game. Yeah. And you know, when you have a quarterback like Matt Ryan, you know, if he's getting sacked, it's because the pocket's collapsing on him. It's not because he's holding on to the ball too long. He's a veteran that's that's played well. So, uh, you know, I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying none of the sacks were his fault, but I would say less than ten percent. So that's why I pose the offensive line mm. part of the question. Yeah, because when you have an offensive line as surefire as theirs was two years ago, everything else is easy. You know, the quarterback's important, but the offensive line is five guys you got to get right. Right. Um, and then to answer for the Denver Bronco question, I do think they're going to have to ride in their defense all year. Like, ever since Russell Wilson got hurt last year, he's never been the same quarterback. He struggled pretty much all year last year. And he brought it into this year. And he has 
not equal talent to we had in Seattle. Except with a better running game. Um, I, I, I kind of agree. Uh, I think it would be the, the defense that gets the job done. I don't think Russell Wilson will be a scrub all year. I think they will kind of get on the same page, but it, it'll be, I think, a little too little too late. I think they'll be playing a lot of catch-up, and if they, just, if they make the playoffs, it'll it'll be as the, the lowest seed, in, thanks in part to the defense. Not, not that it really makes a difference, um, but just because I'm curious, how, how late into the offseason was he traded to Denver? Really? Not that late. I can find no, that. Was it, I, I don't remember when it happened. Was it before or after the draft? I believe it was before. So the- no, it was after. Hold on. Uh, hey, can I get a Broncos country let's ride real quick? March 16, 2020. Two. So, so uh, I mean, the the point I was going to make is that like he, he had enough time, I think, with the team to like you know come in and learn the offense but you know he's a he's a veteran guy he knows what the hell he's doing um i think it's just taking way longer for everything to kind of fucking click than we all i don't like i was even on the 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 assumption that you know he was going to go in and, and play very well in denver and and not um i'm i'm hoping just I, you know i like russell wilson i'm hoping it changes and he can kind of turn it around but it's not looking good yeah, yeah i mean like you could there's definitely like the whole speculation of you know like he's i mean the offensive line's been bad the the, the weapons are downgrade the head coach looks like he's already bust potential but russell wilson's making egregious mistakes like the oh the, yeah they showed it the the he had who was it hamler there both and, uh, that fourth goal fourth and goal play well and, and both picks he threw were terrible picks in that game yeah i was i was i was you know i, re- I very rarely watch the thursday night games because i'm usually so tired from getting up early that day but i i happened to watch that one i just remember saying to myself every single like they're like the colts the, there's no way the colts deserve to lose this game like the broncos are so bad like the defense is playing good but man is it bad <laughs> I don't know, like, I, I think it's just a team, and maybe it'll take the whole year, and maybe next year it'll, it'll gel, but they're, they're just, they look like a team that no one's on the same page. Oh, yeah, big t- all, everything's out of sorts offensively. No one's on the same page, you know, and, you know, I still think they have, ta- you know, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are good receivers. You know, maybe, maybe it's a downgrade from Lockett and Metcalf, but maybe not. I mean, it's it could really go either way. Um, yeah, it's just the the team they just gotta figure out whatever needs to click and and make it click. It's easy for us to say, but you know, I I think eventually he'll be all right there. Um, does anybody have anything else? No, not for that game. Okay, so what's the what's the next game there, Reader? Uh, Giants and Packers in London. 
Alright, uh, just give me one second, Mock. Go ahead and you can gloat about your team for a second. Well, here's the thing, right? Um, I, I've I said before, I've been trying to, to stay within reason with the Giants because I, I know what they've done to me in the past. Um, but they're, they're a team that's playing way different than they have. They, they were down, you know, pretty big. I mean, you know, it was two scores and were able to make it happen in the second half, which we haven't seen them do in years. And even once they took the lead, I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers, who is just like the Hail Mary fucking king. And and on two drives, they were able to stop him from scoring. Um, granted, you know, once at the goal line and the other time, um, they only had, I, I think, like five seconds or something. But did again, you, did you hold your breath when Barkley got hurt? Uh, so here's the thing. I didn't. I I only was able to watch like the last couple minutes because we had a softball game, and I was listening to it and and whatnot. And then I saw on my phone he got hurt, and I was like, "Fuck!" And I saw it was sh- a shoulder, and I was like, "God damn, you know that's something new." But then when I checked again, he scored a touchdown. So I was like, "All right, you know it obviously couldn't have been yeah that bad too bad." Um, but. Of course, with with anyone, especially Barkley, who right now is, I mean, he's the heart and soul of the Giants, not only the offense, but the team. I mean, he's he's everything, especially with the wide receiver room being the way it is. I mean, there's there's next to nothing as far as receivers. You know, Tony, which Darius Tony, I'm so tired of him. Um. You know, same Kenny Galladay, you know, two guys that were supposed to be big deals for New York have done nothing and are just hurt. Um, Slayton had a good game. Slayton showed up. You know, I give a lot of credit to Slayton because he started the year. um, They didn't even know if he was going to make the roster. And then he takes the pay cut to stay in New York. He, he, I don't even think gets a target the first couple of weeks, and when it when they needed him to step up, he he stepped up. You know, it, it's it's one of those things. You know, you kind of hope the coaching staff doesn't forget it because he kind of got shit on for a few weeks and still went out and played like team first football. You know, and you don't a lot of times, especially receivers. Um. Yeah, you don't always see that. I I, I hope that the receiving room can get freaking healthy just to at least be on the field. You know, uh, Kenny Galladay isn't, you know, what we thought he was, but you at least want him on the field. Um, Same with Tony. Tony, you know, hurts one hamstring, is out, you know, Healing, healing. Oh, and now he hurts the other one, misses another, and and then like, is talking shit to people that are breaking his balls about being a fucking injury prone guy. You are what you are. You know, this is your second year in the league. You've only played six or seven games. I mean, say what you want. You're you're an injury guy. Fucking do what you have to do to fix it. Don't don't argue with fans on Twitter because they're mad that you're hurt. <laughs> you're fucking hurt. Get over it. Um, you know, they got, 
fucking Wendell Robinson, who hopefully is back soon. Um, but again, played a one cut, one touch. Or the the wide receiver room is in bad. You have that white guy. I don't know who he is, but you have that one white guy. And then the the Giants are in trouble. Um, but right now they're they're playing good. But the defense is playing pretty well. I mean, I, I see a lot of stuff online that they're they're like a bad four and one team, and maybe they are. But hey, I mean they're fucking four and one. Like it is what it is. Yeah, I said that two it's, years ago. It's definitely a fun change of pace to watch compared to the miserable Sundays I used to have watching Giants football. You know, I said that two years ago when the Steelers were undefeated. He was shit on me for it. And fuck the Packers, so take that. Yeah, I do agree with that last point. Yeah, it'd be funny if I was disconnected, right? <laughs> Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay, Mox just ignoring me then. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello? What's going on here? Uh, can you not hear us? Oh, I can hear him. I can hear everybody. I, we can all hear him. He can't hear us. All right, quick mic checks. I can hear Massey. Paul? Can, I can hear everybody. I can hear everyone. Can Kyle hear me? Paul? Yep. I no longer hear Mock, and he texted us. All right, well... Mocky, this is feelings on the Giants. So, the question, the questions for the two teams are going to be, do we think that this is, do we think this is the actual um, beginning of the, uh, do we think this is the actual beginning of the, the act, the real Where's Aaron Rodgers going this offseason saga? Or is he just a Packer for life? Um, and for the Giants, it's um, looking at the remainder of their schedule, the Giants have very easy games, inclu- including two games against the Commanders. They still get to play the Jaguars, the Seahawks, um, the Lions, the uh, like a bunch of not great teams. Um, so they're, you know, they're looking at their schedule. I think that there's like, based on their performance so far, there's legit potential for them to win 11 games this season. You know, the, 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 you know, usually when you're like, you know, a last place team or a third place team, you have an easier schedule, but you're playing teams kind of at your same, all the teams they're playing that were bad last year have kind of taken a step back mm-hmm. and they took the step up. So are the giants, you know, is this, good season, you know, barring you know, barring the exception of it ending in a Super Bowl, because obviously if it ends in a Super Bowl, who gives a shit? Um, but if, if this ends up being like a making the playoffs as a wild card and getting bounced in the first week, is this hurting the Giants um, from the aspect of you know, Daniel Jones not being their quarterback moving forward? Because I feel like he's, you know, He's the only one kind of not proving that he's the reason they're winning games. That makes sense. He's he's been playing okay. I'm not saying anything like he's not saying he's terrible, but 
you know, it's not like he's not doing anything, in my opinion, that's saying like, oh, Daniel Jones is, is showing the league why he's going to be the Giants quarterback. So I, I'm looking at Daniel Jones, and and I, I do kind of agree with you, Paul. I, you know, he's not doing anything to set the, you know, the, the stat book or anything on fire. But I do look at he's playing – I think he's playing how – he was expected to play two years ago. You know, the, the turnovers are down. He, he's playing just smarter football. Um, so, I mean, I I think if he keeps up how he's playing, he's going to stay on the Giants. The, the Giants will keep him around. Um, maybe, like, bring in someone, oh, almost like what they did with Taylor, but to kind of push him. Um, but I think if he keeps playing the way he is, he's going to be the Giants quarterback next year and, and for the next few years. Um, so so if the Giants go out and win 10 games this season, like you think that Daniel Jones just gets the big contract extension? Or gets a new – I guess it's not an extension anymore. It would just be a, a contract. He would get like a, you know – Hello? He may have got a qualification. He's connected, but I'm not hearing him. Who? Mark is. He's still connected, but I'm not sure. Right, well, why don't you guys just go? Why don't you guys just go ahead and if you guys have any interest in either of the questions. Um, I I have the I think you know you know as of right now, Giants are playing good football, and I I saw a statistic that Daniel Jones is responsible for, uh. Three three game winning drives this season, so I don't know what's going on with my thing. <laughs> um, so I, I think there there is a recipe that's working there. I I I have this fear or, or or thought or whatever that the Giants will find themselves kind of in a no man's land situation where, you know, they're they're playing well right now, but will it be sustainable during later part in the year? And then they get in a situation where, what Paul is sort of alluding to that. All right, well, now we're in a tough spot where we have this middle-of-the-road draft pick. Do we wait quarterback, or do we just stick with Jones? Because right now, it's green lights for Jones. He's, he's, he's playing well. I just I, I, I look at it as, as if he stays the way he is, I think he's the quarterback, at least for the next two years. And, and um, would, you be, would you be happy with that, though? If he's playing the way he is, yeah. Because, I mean, he... My, well, so my question, my question for that, like to piggyback off that, would be, and I'm not doing this to stir up controversy. I'm saying, like, yep. like where's the difference in that than like from like the Garoppolo type of argument? Because Daniel Jones isn't the reason. I mean, the the Bears game, his two rushing touchdowns, those were like the, the you know those were great, but really it was the Giants' defense that won the game. <laughs> um, you know, it's like so like if he's just doing enough and kind of getting wins because Saquon Barkley's going off and the defense is playing really well. So like, you know, like, are you, are you happy in investing, you know, the next five years of your franchise into a quarterback that, you know, just kind of does that like, or like an Alex Smith towards the end of his career. Like, you know, he doesn't turn the ball over, but he's not going to win you the game. So especially after how I've watched him play, if he doesn't turn the ball over, he's winning me the game. Um, 
but I, I do see what you're saying. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that the way that he's able to play, especially running the ball, it is valuable, especially for how the Giants offense runs now. Um, but it, it just comes down to he's got to stay away from the turnover. That's That was always his biggest Achilles heel was he would just give the ball up, you know, three fucking times a game. Um, and at least, you know, so far this year, he's not doing that. Um, I, I think if they do invest in him further, it'll be, like I said, like two years. And then maybe at the end of that, they, they go longer. But I, I don't think, um, you know, even if they win, say, 12 games this year, just throwing like a high number out there. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to get like the six or seven year quarterback deal. I like, you know, Russell Wilson just got or whatever. Um, I think he's still going to have to earn it beyond just one so far good season. So I got a question for you, Mike. Yeah. So say if the Giants do win 11 games, right? And Daniel Jones kind of stalls his way at the end. And you guys have like, let's say like high teens, low 20s pick, right? Do you take that draft pick and use a quarterback? Or do you go after Jimmy G? Because he's more than likely done in San Francisco after this year. Uh, so, I'll be honest. I mean, I have no idea about anything with the quarterback class coming out and what what there, it's going to look four. like. There's very, four. very, very, very good. That's, but, but even still, I mean, if you're talking – they're they're in the late teens, early twenty. Like, if it's a good quarterback, they're all gone by five. You know what I mean? So, that that's what I was saying before. Like, I think if if they have that mid-teen pick or late teen, and and a guy falls that they like, I think that they'll go for it, and and maybe he sits for a year, and they can go that route. Um, but I I really think if they extend Jones at all. It'll only be two at most three year, but I think it'll be like a two year deal. Because um, I was posing the question more so from the standpoint of like I'm looking at the schedule here, so they have games that they like most likely could win. They got like I think that they'd be considered the favorites. You got the Jaguars, the Seahawks, the Texans, the Lions, and then you got two games against. The Commanders, and then, like, kind of on-the-fence games would be the Colts, and then, like, tough games <laughs> that people may or may not expect them to, you know, not you specifically, but, like, people may expect them to lose would be the Ravens, the Cowboys, and both games against the Eagles and the Vikings, per se, you know? Yep. I know, you know. So my question, like, my question more so came from the standpoint of, Coming down the stretch, let's just say you guys go by what the script says you should go. You're four and one, you go you're four and two after the Ravens, five and two, six and two, seven and two, you know, eight and two, eight and three against the Cowboys, nine and three, and now you're going into the last stretch, Eagles, Commanders, Vikings, Giants, or sorry, Eagles, Commanders, Vikings, Colts, Eagles, you know, you would realistically probably need to win 
two or three <laughs> to secure that wild card spot. So my question would be like, because I could very well see it boiling down to this. The Giants go in, they drop both to the Eagles, one to, you know, the one to the Vikings, they beat the Commanders, and then maybe they lose to the Colts, and then they end up finishing the season 10-7, and seven, miss the playoffs, and now you have, like, the like worst non-playoff draft pick you can, and, like, then you, like, well, well, you know, what do we do about Daniel Jones? Because, like, even if he's not making the mistakes and stuff, it's he still didn't do enough to get us to the playoffs. You know, I know there's other things that go into it, with, you know, the, what happened with the defense, injuries, Saquon, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, all those questions are kind of, you know, they don't really matter as much as what are you doing about Daniel Jones. I, I see what you're saying. Because, um, I mean, yeah. and 10, wins, 10 wins could be enough. You know, I mean, the, the Cowboys are playing well. The defense is the real deal. You figure they'll make a playoff spot. You figure the Eagles will make it. The Bucks will most likely make it. You'll have San Fran. You'll have the Vikings. And then you can't, you know, and then so like that kind of leaves just, and I'm just saying that because like the, I haven't seen anything spectacular from the Rams yet, but I, I refuse to believe the Rams can't turn it around. You can't count out Aaron Rodgers. So it's like the NFC is still loaded. Yeah, of course. Um, so like that's my question more so it's like what if it comes down to it where it's like last game of the season against the Eagles, you know, you miss the playoffs, you end up having, you know, what whatever it would end up being, you know, the twenty second pick. Let's say Daniel Jones, you know, lays an egg the last three games of the season or something, or whatever, you know, like when it comes time for him to put you know, like does it is it, you know like do you think there's a potential to look back at the season and be like, Man, the Giants won ten games, but like at what cost? Because then yeah. now you're looking at giving up a lot of assets to move up to get one of these quarterbacks or you gamble on Daniel Jones and it doesn't work out or you, you know, type of thing. So like, that's more so like, do you think there's the potential to be like, Hey, the giant season was cool, but it really kind of sucked. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Um, I, I think if, if the case like that happened again, I think they'll, they'll let it ride um, with Jones. I mean, of course, barring something happening, you know, that, uh, um, whether someone falls in the draft or whatnot, but I think that they would try and run it back with them and and take that route. Mm-hmm. Uh, to answer Souls, to answer your question, before, I I don't think I don't think they try and bring in Garoppolo, and it's mostly because the the way the Giants' offense runs now, he he doesn't fit it. It, the Giants, I mean, you could just tell by how many design runs they have for Jones. And, you know, Dable came from coaching Josh Allen, who could, like, I just don't think Garoppolo fits the offense Dable wants to run. Um, so I, I don't I don't know if that would really be an option. But if if it's at the point where they're, they're kind of the similar guy, I mean, why? Why change it just to change it? Okay, so, uh, somebody um t- somebody take a stab at the Packers question, just to reiterate. Um, do you think this you know the way their season's going, and you know, with the comments about wide receiver growth kind of determining if Aaron Rodgers stays or not, you know, nobody buys into that anymore because he said he was going to leave three times and hasn't. But um, you know, do you, do you think that this is like the beginning of 
the actual seeing Aaron Rodgers in a different jersey, or do you think he's just a Packer for life? Because I think if he if he stays a Packer after this season, you know, barring it continues the way it looks like it's going to go, then he's never going to leave. Like he's next quarterback of the Colts. He's going to bring in another old guy. So I, well, I think they're after watching the season that they've had, giving up the most sacks in the NFL so far. I I was saying that being funny. Um, I don't I don't at this point he's not leaving the Packers. If he whenever he does, it's going to be to retire. I mean, it, I it's think the same not... song and dance every season with him. I think the Packers make a move at receiver, even if it's like a Tyler Lockett or bringing in Odell Beckham. I think they're going to do something to the offense to make him happy. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's weird because I also feel like the Packers, um... They haven't done that in his whole career. Why do it now? They gotta do something. Not working. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that argument, Kyle, just from the standpoint, Mock, of like, you know, they, they haven't done it in his whole career, but he's still, you know, he's still, the record they have by week five is <laughs> all they needed to seal the NFC North. Um, and now it's looking like they're, they're, you know, they're in contention for finishing in second place, like by a lot. Um, my other thing too, is I was just like, I think the big thing with the Packers is that they need that offensive stuff, but their defense hasn't really looked good either. I mean, like they haven't, you know, like they held the Bucks to 12 points, but that was in a game where like, you know. Cole Beasley was the number one receiver. And, you know, I mean, like, they held the Bears to 10 points, but it's the fucking Bears. But then, like, the Patriots, they almost blew it. They blew it against the Giants. They got, you know, the Vikings handled them very well. You know, nobody's putting up, you know, it's kind of going unnoticed, in my opinion, because nobody's putting up 30 spots on them and racking up, you know, fucking 600 yards. But Justin Jefferson torched them for fucking a billion yards. Um, it's to a lot of teams. The run defense has been abysmal, which is something they've been priding themselves on. I mean, I'd have to look up their stat. I don't know where they at are in terms of like getting to the quarterback and stuff, but it doesn't. You know, I I don't see the 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 normal things you normally expect to see. So it's like, you know, bringing in that offensive weapon might be good, but then you know you're setting yourself up for shootout situations. Mm-hmm. And. and- I think their defense is struggling too because they're they're just on the. I mean, you think about it, they're they're on the field more this year than probably any other Aaron Rodgers led offense. Like it, normally, you know, they dominate time of possession the whole thing, and and they're not able to do that this year. The defense is just on the field way more than they have been, like ever. Yeah. Alright, what's the next game? We gotta we gotta <laughs> we're gonna work through some of these games. Uh, Buffalo Pittsburgh. So, from uh, from the Buffalo standpoint, the uh, where's the question? Sorry, I'm pulling up my notes here. Um, okay, from the Buffalo standpoint, um, Buffalo's um, so Buffalo's coming in at four and one. Now they're they're four and one on the season, and they were kind of geared up as like the juggernaut Super Bowl favorites. Is 
through through five games, do we consider that to be, um, you know, kind of like overrated um, from the standpoint of, you know, they, they were barely able to beat the Ravens, um, who haven't really been playing that great of football all year. Lamar Jackson's been not playing out of his mind, but the other 52 guys have kind of been average. Um, they lost to the Dolphins. They sure they, they they beat they destroyed Pittsburgh and Tennessee, but two teams that you know Pittsburgh's not playing well and Tennessee has taken huge steps back. Other than the game against the Rams, you know it's you you know the Bills should be putting up these points. Do you think it's it's an you know overrated that you know are they overrated? That's I guess basically what I'm saying. And for the Steelers, it's um, you know the question comes down to. Are the Pittsburgh Steelers in trouble defensively in terms of these star players that they have? Because while TJ Watt is, you know, a perennial force and demands a lot of attention, he's just one guy. And without him, it seems like the, the 11 people on the field don't know how to play football. Yeah. So and, and, and so I say like the, the Minka Fitzpatrick's, the Miles Jacks, you know those types of players. Like you know like is are, is Pittsburgh going to be in trouble, you know over the next however long, because, you know they have these these you know these big players on defense that are either making good money or are going to demand good money, and they deserve the money, but when T.J. Watt's not in the field, it, it it's like they're you know, the fucking Texans. When it comes to the Steelers with that, they don't get any pressure without T.J. Watt. Like, you got Cameron Hayward, who's the only one that can actually make a fucking play in the defensive line. They, they refuse. That, that, that poses into the problem. No, I know. I know. That's what I'm getting at. So, like, they refuse to address that the last couple of years. Because now that they're having, like, backups for the rate uh, – Chris Formley, who was trash with the Ravens. Tyson Alvaro was not the same person after the knee injury. They need it. They need a. They need to bulk up the defensive line in, in the draft. They need to get guys. They, they, they haven't drafted any of them. They haven't drafted corners. They just have. They haven't. They didn't even draft offensive line. They draft receivers and skill position players. They're not doing a good job drafting lately. And, uh, and Devin Bush is trash. Yeah. You can't, excuse me, you can't claim to have the, like, a top defense if when your star goes out, everything else falls apart. It doesn't work. Um, I, yeah, I think drafting is an issue, and kind of use sort of the Packers argument, I think the, the defense is on the field a lot, and I think they're tired, so that plays into it a little bit. But it's, it's just it. Like, if your top guy goes down – and your defense crumbles, then you don't have a top defense. There's no, there's no way unless these other stars, quote stars, step up. Then it's not a top defense. It's just, it's just a defense. Um, well, there's only so much a safety can do. Well, right, but just in general, like the the, the Cam Haywards, the the Miles Jacks, those those guys have to pay higher dividends than they have. Yeah, but that's not. But when Cam Hayward's being triple teamed, there's nothing he can do. Right. I, I'm, using, I'm using him as an example because 
you, know, you figure that he's sort of the next guy in line when when Watt is out. So sort of, you know what I mean? It's like it's a different it's position, the Alex but Smith to have to step up, right? And he has not done that. Um, and I think I think Buffalo is not overrated. Um, I think they should have. People are gonna have bad games. Yeah, I think you know the game versus the Dolphins should have been different. I was kind of surprised how that played out, but I I think they have played to expectation. Else before I tell everyone that Lamelo got an ankle injury in preseason. <laughs> Chris Stapps. It was Chris Stapps was always injured. <laughs> um. All right. So what's the next game? Uh, Chargers Browns. Chargers Browns. Okay. Um. Okay. So for the Chargers, it's um. The one ahead for the Chargers. Same thing. Stevens has been bad since Joey Bosa has been out. Well, but the difference is that the the Chargers defense is still they're still generating sacks and stuff. Like they're still play, they're just giving up big chunk plays. Type of thing. Whereas, like, like for the Steelers, like with when TJ Watt's not out, when TJ Watt's not playing, they get no sacks, they get no turnovers, and one guy can't be that detrimental to a team. Otherwise, like Kendall said, you, you can't have a good team if one guy is everything. Um. Okay, so Chargers Browns. Um. Do you th- um so for the Browns is um once Deshaun Watson becomes available for the Browns, do you think that Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper are going to have the ability to be a top three quarterback wide receiver tandem in the NFL? And for the Chargers, it's should the Chargers consider um hold on, I gotta look up I didn't look up this guy's age. 32. <laughs> do you guys, um, because of money and injury, do you think it's time for the Chargers to consider options in removing Keenan Allen from the roster and making Mike Williams the man? Um, I guess we'll jump into Cleveland real quick. My concern would be, I think Watson would be available week 10. Is that correct? Week 11. Uh, I think. Week 11. By the time, you know, kind of get in and in, in participate in, in real game speed, regardless, he needs a professional quarterback. He, he's done it before. He's missed some time. I just don't see it materializing for this season. That uh, Watson-Cooper connection being a top at, at, at this point. Massey. Are you going to chime in on any of these, my guy? I, most of the stuff that I was going to say have been said, but, you know, 
Yeah, the only thing that really makes sense here is availability more than anything. Uh, Williams is in a contract here, and he's very soon going to cost just as much if not more than ours. Monetary side of it. Availability-wise, yeah, I mean, Williams has been there and he's produced in the years that Herbert has been there, so I say sure. I mean, if Allen will come back at a cheaper deal, I don't see why you wouldn't try and keep them both, but if the option is between the two of them, yeah, I well, guess so I would... From the cheaper deal segment, I, I was thinking of that, but from the ch- I, I kind of take the cheaper deal or like the pay cut type thing off the table just from the standpoint of that when Keenan Allen plays, Mike Williams is kind of just obsolete. Like, Herbert just kind of forgets he's even on the team. Yes. And then when Allen's not there, Mike Williams has no problem putting up fucking, you know, triple-digit receiving yards on eight receptions. Or if he doesn't do that, he's finding the end zone at least once. So, like, the, the talent's there, but it's, like, almost like he's invisible when Allen's there. So it's, like, from the standpoint of, like, you know, should the Chargers just go on the Mike Williams train and 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 get what they can for Keenan Allen? How many years does Allen have left on his deal? You know, uh, I do not know. I can look it up real quick. It's just tough that Allen's been just have these these nagging injuries that it's eaten up at least like three or four well, you know games out of his year. Well, the thing is, is like that's the problem is they're not. Uh, so Keenan Allen, he has a, he has a there's a potential out in 2024, but he's under contract till 2025. You know what his cap hit for the next two years is? Uh, sixteen and a half for this year, fifteen and a half for next year, and then in 2024 it would be eighteen mil. And if they if they were to cut him or trade him or whatever, it would be two point seven million dead cap. I mean, so yeah, I would I would see what you can get for Al at this point. The year to do that would have been last year, but yeah, I mean, like what Kendall said with the nagging injury, it's just it's more annoying because it's from the standpoint of like he's not getting like these bigger injuries that can fully heal. It's just, he's every year he's got 17 lingering problems that cause him to randomly miss a game. And so there's no reliability. And, you know, like without him, they were able to beat the Browns, even if it was barely, but you know, if that game was against the chiefs, that would be all the difference in the world. Um. On to the next one. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bears Vikings. Bears Vikings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So for Bears Vikings, um, five games into the season, the Vikings I think are where everyone thought they should be five and one or four and one. The Bears I think. You know, I would say maybe, maybe surprised people at two and three. Um, they probably should be one and four. Um, but given the nature of how close the game was and the Chicago Bears' ability to come back from being down twenty-one to three, do you 
Um, do you think the, the, the final outcome, all things considered, that happened throughout the game, do you think it's a testament more to the fact that the Vikings are still just the Vikings and really aren't as much of, are, are really not a threat, or the Bears are actually managing to progress as a team? I say why not both. Huh? I say why not both. That's fair. I, I was thinking the same. I mean, the Bears to me were another team where, like, it was another regime change, and it, it may just take some time. Um, and watching Fields, like, I think he can be good and, and just, just kind of polish things up. And the, the Vikings smear the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, I, I think, is just a very whatever quarterback. You know, he, he'll put up some decent numbers, but I don't know. Like, he's not a guy I think any team is, like, game planning against. Um, it's just that he just happens to be there. So, he does enough to not lose games. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I never really was one to care for Kirk Cousins, but. Well, is what it is. He's kind of picking up from last year. Just solid play. Not super flashy, you know, completing a lot of passes for, you know, we'll call it on an average 220 yards, and they win the game. It's kind of just business as usual. You got to bump that average up about 60 to 80 yards. <laughs> yeah, I mean. He can't average 220 when Justin Jefferson averages 180. <laughs> oh, Jefferson's throwing to himself. Yeah. <sighs> Just like those uh, fantasy football commercials. <laughs> those were the best, weren't they? <laughs> Kirk Cousins is a free agent after this year. Sure. Uh, maybe. Next year. Next year? I'm just thinking in my head about something. You want him in pit? Uh, no, Garoppolo to the Vikings. <laughs> I was thinking of all these Garoppolo scenarios for other teams. <laughs> He's got to start some game. <laughs> uh, Lions Patriots. Yikes. Okay. Um. Well, he's done after next year. His cap hit next year is holy yep. shit, thirty six million dollars. Yeah, is gonna be a Viking next year. Kyle, they eat all of that plus twelve million if they cut him next year. Trade him to the 49ers for Garoppolo. <laughs> all right. For the Patriots, the question comes into having a new basically generation of talent coming into the NFL one that's not like the, the players of the 2000s and whatnot, um, you know, the millennials. Is the key for the Patriots to just move on from the Belichick era and let him and, and let him take all of his coaching woes of Patricia's and such with him? Or do you think that given a little bit more time, we can see them flourish again? And then for the Detroit Lions, um, I think the, the the question is very simple. 
Um, what's the what's the real biggest need for this team to finally take the next step in it's what seems like forever rebuild? And I ask that question from the standpoint of yes, Jared Goff is Jared Goff. But Jared Goff hasn't been playing particularly bad this season, and they're still not winning games. You know, yeah, the but defense, that's not the quarterback. The defense is atrocious. The run game has been really good, but there's been costly mistakes. The receivers are all decent, but no one's great. You know, so like, what what what's the first step they really need to take as a franchise to really move in the direction to actually make this rebuild start? For the Lions, and just my personal opinion, I think they need to make a big signing. One guy to solidify, hey, it's worth coming here. If that makes any sense. Honestly, Kyle, I'm surprised you didn't say it, but Garoppolo would probably be a good fit for them. For the Lions? Yeah. If I see the Lions drafting like Bryce Young or something. The Lions better fucking hope that they don't get that high of a draft pick, otherwise they're going to be firing Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell's fault. First of all, it's the second year in. They're going to fire him. Hey, uh, just just so you know, sometimes coaches get fired in their second year. Sometimes they get fired in their first year. Like like the last three Giants coaches. (laughs) Yeah, but this (laughs) is... really... I thought Judge made at least three. Uh, Judge, I think, was in his second. Shermer was – I think they were all in their second. Um, yeah, but Ka- I, I, I'm being funny. I know what you're saying, but I don't, I don't think it's Campbell's fault either. But, I mean, they, they have Goff as their quarterback who – they didn't want Goff. You know, it's just that's what they had to do to trade Stafford. It's You know, it, Goff was never, like, the Detroit guy. If they draft a kid, that's fine. But, I, I mean, you were talking about before, Garoppolo may be a good fit there. Lions have a ton of talent at receiver. I, they still don't have Jameson Williams. Jameson Williamson yet. I think the offense yeah. is fine. I think there was injuries yeah. coming into this game versus New England, and they just, you know, they, they got shut out. I think Paul's right that the defense is atrocious, and they, they give up a, a lot of points in a hurry. I mean, somebody in the defense that like that's gonna make an impact to prove to like other players, hey, sign here, it's worth it. Yeah. I don't I don't have a name off the top of my head. But Um, as far as New England goes, I don't really know what Belichick's end goal is. I mean it's like it's sort of like the the Brady thing to a certain degree. It's like how much more do you have to do? I mean, is the desire that great to want to keep coaching, or, or I, I don't even know what his next desire would be. I don't know if he has a, a GM desire, if he wants to, just be retired, if he wants to get into television. I don't, I don't really know what his, his end goal is. I don't know what, what his story is. But he, there is a disconnect. He's kind of this old curmudgeon. Doesn't really relate to the players. I don't know. When did uh when did Patricia start calling offensive plays? 
close to the beginning of his tenure. But wasn't he their defensive coordinator? He was, and then he got fired, or left for Detroit, and then he came back. But, I mean, how, how uh, I mean, I may be kind of wrong, but, like, how often do we see that happen where a defensive corner, or, or if it, like, comes back and is then on the opposite end of the ball's coaching staff? Not often, and I think the only reason it did happen is because he had the head coaching experience to, to have kind of his foot in both, you know, both sides of the well, ball. The reason it happened is because they replaced Matt Patricia with a defensive coordinator that they liked, and then they lost Josh McDaniel when he became available. <laughs> well, right, yeah. I mean, when Daniel going like, well, here's another guy who has head coaching type experience, just, you know, flip flip over here. What an overrated fucking coach. Josh McDaniel. All right, next game. Uh, Seahawks Saints. All right, Seahawks Saints. Okay, um, two of the weirdest teams in the NFL. With okay, so for the New Orleans Saints, are we are we seeing are are we ever going to see an actual franchise quarterback in the New Orleans Saints organization as long as Taysom Hill is part of the franchise? And to piggyback off of that, the more that Taysom Hill become, you know, continues to be involved, will it hurt production, you know, and growth for receivers like Olave, who's you know already starting to show signs of being a breakout receiver, but is essentially a non-factor of Taysom Hill's on the field. Um, for the Seahawks, in your opinions, is there, you know? Regardless of where the Seahawks finish in the season, is there any chance Geno Smith is playing his way into the starting job? Yeah, hundred percent. For for the foreseeable future, and the Seahawks go elsewhere with that first that that what will potentially be top ten draft pick. Hundred percent. If he continues to play this well through the rest of the season, they'll give him another year. But do, but I'm saying like. Do you think he plays well enough where they don't even go court? They don't even draft a quarterback in this draft. They kind of give him the keys for, you know, like what Mox said with the Daniel Jones, like a two to three years, and they address quarterback at a, in a different draft. Um, right. Depends who falls. Huh? Depends who falls. Like, if for whatever reason one of the top quarterbacks slides and gets to. Well, let's be. They have, they, have, they have two first round picks this year, right? Right. So realistically, it does, you know, you can kind of also argue against that. It doesn't matter who falls because they have the firepower to get whoever they want, pretty much anywhere they want. Uh, if he continues playing well, I think that they draft where they are or they trade back. Okay. I don't think that they target quarterback with one of those unless uh, whichever one is the higher pick, somebody slides and it's decently far away. Um, otherwise... I, I, if he continues to play this well all year, I think that they look to quarterback in another draft, mostly. Okay. Also, it's the fucking Seahawks. You never know what the fuck they're going to do. <laughs> They'll draft some random dude out of um, middle Tennessee. Does anybody want to chime in on Saints? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Taysom Hill, he's, he's a crutch. He's a crutch. Um, 
it's working. You know, they 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 score points with him doing it, but he's a guy in the you know the back end of his thirties. Well, you know what I mean. He's he's not he's not young. Um, he's not going to be a quarterback. He's just going to be whatever this is, and he's kind of taking opportunities away from. Uh, it, it sort of worked with Drew Brees because Drew Brees was at the end of his career and, and still effective to a certain degree, so it was kind of a good thing to sprinkle in. But without, like, a definitive quarterback, you know, with the future, like, Dalton's been fine. Jameis has been fine. But they're not, like, the quarterbacks of the future. These are kind of stopgap guys. And they're, now they're, they're just kind of, like, they're, they're digging themselves into this hole where they're going to come to a point like, hey, we'll have a brand-new quarterback – and all these receivers will have, you know, no experience because <laughs> Taysom Hill has taken all the snaps. Yeah, I just think, like, from the standpoint of, like, bringing a rookie quarterback in, you're kind of hurting his development by not letting him be the every play guy. And what veteran's going to want to go in there to be benched, you know, 20% of the time for a tight end? And when I say veteran, I don't mean veteran, like, Matt Ryan or something like that. I mean, veteran, like, you know, somebody that, you know, still has something in the tank that might be looking to go somewhere. I think if Taysom Hill was, like, if this was his second year, I would say, New Orleans, lean into this as much as you can. But I just don't see this production being there two years from now. Or or even, you know, even next year. He, He gets hurt in a significant way. No shot he continues. All right, next game. Uh, Dolphins, Jets. Okay. All right. So, um, th- uh, this one is actually, this one's actually pretty simple. Um, is Tua that good that the Dolphins are, you know, hurting this bad without him? Or are the Dolphins just not as good as they appeared to be when the season started? And for the New York Jets, it's this I think it's very simple. How far in terms of, you know, whatever measurement you want to give, whether it's seasons, games, whatever, how far ahead of schedule are the New York Jets in like where they need where they want to be competitively in the AFC East? I think the Jets are already there. Because they have they have very good young talent at the wide receivers position. Zach Wilson looking a lot better than he did last year, which wasn't hard to do. But he's making that progression, and they have two really solid running backs with their offensive line playing good, and their defense is a little underrated. Quinn Williams is the real deal. I think the Jets are right where they need to be. I wish I could so say he the guy that sneezed and then blessed himself and then <laughs> yeah. thanked himself. Yes. yes, that was Quinn Williams. <laughs> awesome video. It's an all-time video. <laughs> um, Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> I wish I could definitively say it's Tua, but we didn't get to see the full Bridgewater game. You know, we got knocked out what in the first series, so it's kind of like we'll never know if like a full week's practice if that offense jumps back. Um, I would no, sort I of understand that, but there was. The reason I the reason I posed the question and I, and I was fully aware that the Dolphins were down to their third string quarterback, um, when that became a thing. But the the question was posed more so from the standpoint of you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, two receivers that have the ability to get open, create separation, and make big plays. 
You have decent a decent mix in the backfield. You have a defense that people were very high on and coming into the season. And you have what a lot of people consider to be a very sleeperish type tight end in Gasecki. And even with you know, with a third string quarterback, I understand he's not going to go out and throw for five hundred yards and four touchdowns. But, you know, you have the offensive talent to create the separation and run the plays to get open enough for him. So that, that was more so where the question, I think, kind of became posed from, from my, my point of view. Um, hmm. So with everything you mentioned, I, I don't think it it all is, is to, I think it's kind of like a, a perfect storm. I think perhaps if I'm answering the question the right way, maybe, maybe not as good as we expected. They just had a couple big wins. So it makes it that much better. I think two is a very solid quarterback. Like, he wins football games. Like, he went on that incredible run last year. He was, what, 3-0 three, three and oh before he got hurt? I think Tua is good. People don't give him credit. Any other chime-ins on the Jets or the Dolphins? Um, yeah, no. I, I think the Jets are... <laughs> Within, I'm going to say, within three years of being a really, I don't know about like a Super Bowl contender, but I think they're going to be like a contending team on the AFC, in the AFC. Okay. All right. Uh, next game. Falcons, Buccaneers. Okay. Falcons, Buccaneers. Um, This game had one of the worst... Uh, <clears throat> Roughing the roughing passer, the passer. Calls, I think I've ever seen. Chiefs game just had another pretty bad one. Really? Well, I mean, he, Massey, I, 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 know, I know what play you're talking about, but. I know he landed on him. I know in their defense, it. Like, from a, from a rule book standpoint, it's a roughing, it was roughing the passer. I agree with you, it shouldn't be, because where else was he supposed to land? Not only from that. The rule book not only that, he wasn't the ball carrier anymore. What do you mean? When Chris Jones hit him, he lost the ball, and Chris Jones recovered it. He wasn't the passer anymore, so therefore it shouldn't be a foul. For the yeah, but that's, that, con- that constitutes a strip sack, so you, it, it, the play follows all the way through on the quarterback in the rule book. It, it doesn't except, matter if he has the except ball or for not. Stri- except for strip sacks, that's actually in the rules. Anyways. I th- I think th- I I think it doesn't in the rules from the standpoint of because it wasn't like he, he didn't strip the ball out he the ball came out in the process of being tackled. Anyways, so I'll like, see if I can I'll see if I can find the rule reference back to Falcons. Like, do, and... do you understand what I'm saying though? Yes, I do. Like 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 I just mean like it's, it'd be different if it was like helmet to helmet versus like helmet to helmet on a sack. Like if he had stripped the ball out and then a player came in and hit him. Versus, like, he was going down, like, the sack and fumble were all happening at the same time. I, I, will, see I, if I, can, I will see if I can find what I'm talking about. But anyways, Falcons and Bucks. Right, so Falcons, Bucks. Um, at what point do the Falcons just give up on the season and bring in their rookie? 
I think that one's, and then from the Tampa Bay side, um, is um, what what what's holding Tampa Bay back from being that explosive team that we know them to be? Is it Tom? You know, and then don't give me it's a oh it's it's all of it. Is is it Tom Brady's age? Is it the age of the offensive weapons around? Um, or or is it coaching? I do think it's coaching. Because even when Todd Bowles was in New York, they didn't really have a great offense. Um, like I don't think Brady's the problem. Their offensive line is really hurt. The receivers have been banged up all year. He just hasn't been able to get into a good flow yet. It will happen. Early season struggles. He's also going through a divorce. <laughs> I can agree. I don't. I don't think Todd Bowles is particularly good. I was. He was a guy that was kind of. He fell into it this time around. Like he was hired outright in New York, but with the whole Bruce Arians thing, it's like, hey, Todd Bowles, how would you like to be the head coach of the Buccaneers? Um. Yeah. Ooh, did we, did we lose. Uh, lose Mock. Mock has pulled again. Damn it. <laughs> what uh, Mark a, fell asleep in his chair. One one rogue snore came through. It, it it's me. I have like my mic right in my face, because it's cutting in and out. I don't know what's going on with my my internet. And better internet. Falcons are just. I don't know. Maybe Falcons are playing not... with with D tier players and they're still doing okay. Yeah, they're not doing that bad. I think they were on their way to beat the Bucks. They were going to come back, I think. But at what point do they bring in the rookie? Because I will agree with you. They're, I think they're playing better than people thought they would. But they're, you know, through five games, there's nothing telling. There's nothing that's saying that they're even that they're going to be competitive for a wild card spot. Yeah. I so, think after their bye week. Okay. That's fair. Where where's their bye week? Does do we know offhand? Hold on, if if not, not a not a big deal. Lose. Falcons or Bucks? Falcons. Week fourteen. All right, maybe a little before the bye week. That's like that's kind of late. I'm gonna say the Charger game he starts. Week nine. Okay, let's move on to the next thing because I want to get through all these. Uh, Titans Commanders. Uh, okay, uh, Titans Commanders. Alright, um... Do, do we put any blame at all on Ron Rivera on the performance of the Commanders? And for the Tennessee Titans is their third win in a row a reset for the team that we've known the Titans to be? Or are they... Or, or do we think that they're still actually the team that we saw in the first two games of the week? Yes, or, and the second one. You think there's? You think they're really the 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 zero and two team, not the the three and two team? Yes. Okay. And then yeah. I also think that Ron Rivera has his share of reasons for losses in Washington. Okay. Um. I, I agree. 
Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Kyle. Sorry, Kendall. No, so go ahead, go ahead. I was saying, I think Rivera is responsible. Um, and I, I do think the Titans are kind of resetting a little bit. I don't think it'll be more than kind of what we're seeing. Like, I think they're, they're going to win games just by running the ball and, you know, Tano and, and doing the play action. And they're going to win games 21 17 a bunch, a bunch of times. Both teams' style of offense is so bad. Like, like I don't, I don't know who to blame in Washington because, like, in like my personal opinion, you can't get a running game going if you keep switching out guys. Stick to one guy, and then Tennessee. I don't know if they're good or not. Well, they'll probably be in the playoffs just because that's who they are. Okay. All right. Next, Texans Jaguars. <laughs> All right. Um, at what point do we? At what point do you start being concerned that Trevor Lawrence is more of a great college player, average NFL player, and do? Um, do the Texans? Uh, was I'm oh, sorry. Do the Texans um move on from Davis Mills? Like after this year? After this year, I do think they move on from Davis Mills. Which is a shame because I like him as a quarterback. I I, I understand, you know I understand he's not lighting anything up, but I feel like he's been at, he's not the reason Houston's losing games. No, I don't think he's the reason Houston's losing games either. It's just I think it just fall. what just happened. I don't know. I think it just falls under circumstance. Like they got to get a better quarterback. If that makes sense. Hmm. I don't know. Like, it's tough because he's not bad. He just... I, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe with better weapons, he'll be better. Okay. And then the Trevor Lawrence question? I think you have to wait for the full year this year to figure out who, who he is. I agree with that. Because he lost a year in his rookie year. Yeah, it's one of those, I think, you just, unfortunately, you ride it out. All right, next game. Uh, 49ers-Panthers. Okay. Matt Rule got fired. Yes. Um, with Matt Rule being fired and there being obvious, you know, no good answers at the quarterback position, do we, um, do, do we, truly, do we truly buy into reports that there's a fire sale about to be happening in Carolina 100%. for the likes of Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. 100%. Specifically, or specifically those two players. Do we think, what do you think the percentage is likelihood that they're traded before the, before the trade deadline and then before the draft? Um, and then for the 49ers, um, the offense is doing more than enough to win, or they're doing, you know, they're not just doing what it used to be where it was the defense went out and won and they're coasting, they're, you know, they're, they're contributing in rushing and receiving. 
you know, Garoppolo's doing his fair share out there. But is this San Francisco 49ers defense on on pace to be the best defense we've seen in the past decade? No, if only because they just lost a bunch of people to injury this week. Mostly just Torres ACL. They think Bosa's going to be out at least two weeks of the groin injury. Uh, Who chose their ACL? Uh, Emmanuel Mosley. And Jimmy Ward just broke his hand. Speaking of the hand, hand, he'll be back next week. (laughs) Wrap it in some tape. Got a club. Just put the club on him. Yeah. Man, imagine punching a fucking ball out with that thing. (laughs) Do I think they'll be the best in the past decade? No. Do I think that they'll be the best defense in the NFL this season? I'll give them 70% odds on that. I think there are a couple teams that can challenge them for that, but not many. I think the Carolina, I think those specifically the McCaffrey and Moore will be traded uh, even, you know, by the, by the trade deadline, whatever that is. I heard Buffalo's in on McCaffrey and Jesus Christ, if that happens. They came out and said that that's, that's not real. Yeah, but teams lie all the time. But like, imagine if Buffalo did that. What the fuck did they need a first round pick for? The good way to hasten their collapse by trading up, uh, trading out pieces when they already used two thirds and a second on running backs. Fuck it, you get McCaffrey. <laughs> and uh, I kind of number twenty five on the Viking on the Chiefs. Number twenty five, it's Hilaire. I know he didn't get his head around. No, he I'm did. More... No, he did. He he turned. They showed the replay. He turned his head around. He turned it to the side. He wasn't looking back around. Well, what an idiot! <laughs> more more than that, I'm just impressed that Mahomes has the accuracy to pinpoint the back of somebody's head while he's on the run like that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Anyways, and uh, for the Forty Nineers, we go. We're not talking about that, Kyle. No, I'm just talking to myself. I'm just saying that. I agree with what Massey said for the 49ers. I don't think that'll be the best of the past decade, but for this season, I think there's a, a very good chance that they'll end up being the best. The only two off the top of my head that I can see giving them a run for their money is a healthy Buffalo and a healthy Cowboys. Okay, next game. Uh, Cowboys-Rams. All right, simple question um, for Cowboys. Do you start Dak Prescott if he's 100% healthy to go in week six? Yes. And for the Rams, this one is actually a, a homer question. Um, do we think that the immediate connection that Matthew Stafford saw with Cooper Cup and how good Cooper Cup is playing coming off of his extravagant year last year, um, do you think that Matt Stafford is just over overfeeding, and I don't mean like in a negative way, like, do you think he's just overfeeding Cooper Cup, and that's the reason we're not seeing the actual, um, you know, the, the emergence of what people thought Allen Robinson was going to be to this offense, or is Allen Robinson was last year actually the start of like Allen Robinson's decline as a receiver? Who are you asking that to? Because you said homework. Well, like everybody, it's absolutely less about feeding Cooper Cup and it's more about Robinson having an issue or at least the coaching staff's ability to get him involved in the offense correctly. I think more of the first, primarily because even with Stafford throwing the ball to Cup a ton, 
fourth stringer Ben Skoranek has more catches, yards, and everything else than Allen Robinson. Tyler Higby, who is a tight end, has more. Right. Oh, and yeah, I'm not saying Stafford's not giving the ball elsewhere. You know, I'm just saying from like just the yeah, from just the and like the Higby thing, the Higby and the running backs. I want to exonate them. I just want to go from just straight receivers, receivers just, standpoint. Just straight receiver standpoint. No, yeah. I think it has more to do with either Robinson or the coaching. Nothing to do with Stafford. You don't buy into the uh, Stafford is racist notion? <laughs> uh, considering Calvin Johnson was his receiver for 10 years? No, no, I do not. Yeah, but, I mean... Did he have a white guy? Yeah, also, I don't remember his also, name. Also, you have to remember that... You have to remember that everybody in rural Georgia cheers for the Georgia Bulldogs, and they don't have one good white player. <laughs> Racism can be put aside for football. That's not true. Their tight end is pretty fucking good. Yeah, the the entire southern part of the United States has proved racism doesn't exist on football Saturdays and Sundays. <laughs> Unless you're Riley Cooper. Hey, you. Um, and the Cowboys? Richard Sherman said it best. They have to. He's getting paid a shit ton of money. Should he? No. I think Cooper Rush might be better fit for that team. But they're going well, to. And right, and my converse, my my argument on it is nothing to do with like you know Cooper Rush is statistically lighting it up because I don't you know he's not I mean he's had some good games and whatnot but Mojo does enough to keep them in games that's all well, he no, does not even that just from a Mojo standpoint the Mojo is working in Dallas right now I guess they came up well they're four and up in the last four games it's you know they're firing on all cylinders as a team. You know, I mean, is it is the offense putting up a billion yards and points? No, but they're doing they're doing everything they need to do on offense to not lose games. They're doing everything they need to do on defense to win games, and it's all clicking. So you know, taking you know, it's it's different than you know taking out the, you know, the third string cornerback who's been playing, cute you know, cornerback one versus the quarterback. You know, do you think that starting you know putting Dak in can the chemistry aspect of it. I mean, I would play Rush. I mean, so if see along the line starts to struggle, oh no, darn, we have Dak Prescott as our backup. What are we going to do? It's like that's a great problem to have. You know, I I think they're going to go back to Dak because, like, you know, what they're paying him. But I, I hate that argument because it it shouldn't matter. I understand you're paying him. It's going to matter. Right, well, and I'm not asking from a standpoint of money. I'm asking from a standpoint of no, like, no, should, should I, they do it? I, I don't think so. I don't think so because I like if if they weren't on the roll that they're on, then yeah. But they're they're playing very well, and they're still winning games. I mean, I I look at it as don't don't rock the boat. You know, even if you you go till he gets a loss. Then okay, but until then, why, why, why shift the whole momentum? It, I don't know. It, it seems like it'd be a bad call to me. Sure. All right. Uh, next game, Eagles Cardinals. Yep. Right. Okay. Um. Okay. So for Eagles Cardinals. Uh, for Cardinals, is is Cliff is Cliff is Cliff Kingsbury the only thing holding back Arizona, or 
are you are you in the camp of that regardless of who coaches that team Kyler Murray's just not the next level quarterback type type argument and from the Philadelphia standpoint um the uh what was I say from the Philadelphia standpoint oh from the Philadelphia standpoint what do you need to see from the Eagles to have them in your mind be undoubtedly the best the best team that the NFC can offer going into the postseason? Sorry, I've lost uh, the Eagles question. What, what, like, what else, if anything, do you need to see from the Eagles to, in your mind, say that they are undoubtedly the, the best team the NFC has to offer? Nothing. I'm good with that. Um, I think currently the Eagles sit atop the NFC and aren't coming down from their pedestal anytime soon. Uh, as for Arizona, I think both can be true. I think it's up to both the coaching and the quarterback. I don't think that the quarterback is above Jared Goff level. Uh, I think he has an ability to hit these really lucky balls because he pushes a lot more bullshit and gets lucky with it sometimes, and he has mobility, but beyond that, I don't think he's anything super special, and Cliff Kingsbury is very obviously a bad coach. They said something in the game yesterday that caught my eye. They said that Kingsbury never moves receivers around. Never moves what? They, they don't move receivers around. They, they just stay in the same right. spot. I think that's a killer to that offense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think too, so I, Eagles, they don't have to do prove anything to me. I think they're they're the best. Uh, and they have an easy schedule. Yep, and I think it's like so. This is what they wanted. This was like Kingsbury's plan. They 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 got the quarterback they wanted, and they they just I don't, the the game plan's not good. They they had all these best laid plans, but it doesn't it doesn't work. So it's like, <laughs> like hey, you got I'm your personnel. Gonna, I'm not gonna write off Kyler Murray until two weeks after Hopkins gets back. Because I do think that offense could be very electric. Woogie, woogie, woogie. <laughs> yep. Excellent. Because Hollywood Brown is playing very well for the Cardinals. And I do think Hopkins is going to make him better. Zach Ertz has been playing well. Running backs are kind of whatever there. But they they're producing okay. I think it's more in the coaching than I do the quarterback. Okay. Yes, but um, I still don't think that the quarterback is any good. That's fine. It's your opinion, bro. Appreciate you, bro. <laughs> You're still a homo, bro. All right. Let's let's clean it up. Shut up, Kendall. All right. <laughs> this this next one is uh it's the Viking or uh, Ravens Bengals. This one is a simple one. You guys can give explanations. Um. Uh, Bengals are two and three. Ravens are three and two. I think that both franchises. I think it's fair to say both franchises are not where they want to be. Um, I think both of them would have slated themselves as four and one or five and zero oh teams at this point. Um, coming into the season, with Baltimore's defense for the first time in a long time looking not so good, and the Bengals' explosive offense looking very tameable. Coming off their Super Bowl. 
Um, which head coach is more likely in jeopardy of serious hot seat discussions at the end of the season? Zach Taylor will be on the hot seat more. I think both coaches are safe. But I would say Zach Taylor more than Harbaugh. Just because the way that Burrow's playing right now, he's staring down the fucking one receiver. Not only that, Kyle, Kyle, talk more on what you had mentioned earlier about the Cardinals' offense. There's something even more glaring about the Bengals' offense that people have noticed through five weeks. You guys see the thing that they did on ESPN? They won two plays. Well, yes. You guys see the thing on ESPN a couple weeks ago where you could tell what the play was based on what McCaffrey was doing? No. However they motioned him, if he was behind or to the right of the quarterback or parallel to him, it was going to be a passing play. And if it was behind him ever so slightly, it was going to be a running play. The Bengals do the exact same thing. If the running back is standing straight up, it's going to be a pass play. If he's crouched or on his knees or something like that, it's going to be a run play. Somebody ran through the last three games, every play in like fast motion was like a seven minute video, but it was the same for every single play. You could tell what it was. And then the Ravens side of it, their defense just got hurt more. The Marcus Williams is going to miss some time. Yep. I don't know what's going on. I thought their defense was going to be insane this year. And they're just not. I don't know what the reason is. I don't have an answer. They're just kind of an average. Both teams, I think, are just average football teams. Because the Bengals offensive line is just as bad. I think they're probably even they're worse than they were last year, in my opinion. I think to answer the question, I think Zach Taylor would be more at the risk <laughs> on the hot seat. Okay. And then the final game is the game that's going on now. Chiefs. Raiders. Um, so this one we're not going to obviously base on anything that's happened in this game or what the outcome is because we don't know it. But um, for um, for the Chiefs, is there is there any reason to doubt that they're not the they're still not the favorite in the AFC? Just from the standpoint of like we always kind of had the same conversation with other teams, no matter how good they were, the Steelers, the Colts, et cetera, et cetera, and the Patriots era, where it was, um, you know, like, cool, you're doing all these great stuff, but until, you know, and, until you until you win the Super Bowl, it's, we're still, it's still the Patriots AFC. Like, sure, there were years they didn't make it, but, you know, the AFC winning it was farther and fewer bet- between. You know what I mean? Um, but so so the question would be some more like like are the are the is it, is the Chiefs are the Chiefs still the favorite in terms of you know being su- the the Super Bowl representatives of the AFC regardless of how good the Bills are because the Bills have been good now and it hasn't uh, amounted to anything whereas every year there's questions about the Chiefs and every year they're playing for the Super Bowl it feels like and then from the Raiders standpoint of things if you know. Um, if the Raiders end up having, you know, the season it's looking like they're going to have at one and three, you know, playing the Chiefs on Monday night with, you know, no one would be surprised to go to one and four. If they end up, you know, being a bottom of the league team 
do we do we see the end of the Derek Carr situation? I think you can. I think it's all Josh McDaniel. I think McDaniel's is gone after a year before Derek Carr is gone. Okay. Um, I think uh, the AFC still runs through Kansas City, just just kind of like the the New England thing. And uh, I think we've seen enough from Derek Carr that it, it would be the end. I, 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 if Carr is gone, McDaniels is gone with him. I don't think he makes it as he left. Okay. Um, I don't think there's a world in if anyone is gone in some McDaniels. Uh, I don't know. I'd say the Chiefs are still the favorites, if only by pedigree, like they're the well, popular choice to say. You know what I mean? Well, but well, yeah. My argument for it would be that you know we every year there you know every year during the Patriots dynasty, the the there was either it was either the Steelers or the Colts or the Jets for that time frame or the Ravens were like. Oh, like this team is the team to beat, and it's like I. The best know, way but, I can say it is, you have to go through the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl. Will they make it to the Super Bowl? As toss up, I think you can get to the point where you could challenge them. I don't think that they're they're the team that you're gonna look and say there's nobody that can fucking touch these guys. But I think you're gonna have to get through them if you want to get to the Super Bowl. Okay, that's it. That's all I got. There's some time to sign off. Next week we'll do this with we'll do this with uh, preseason hockey. Nice, I'm in. Should be so much fun. Kyle, what? How's your beer? Terrible. It's a bummer. I said it four weeks in a row. (laughs) Fuck this beer. Kendall, this. He's excellent. I'm a big fan. No, 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 no. Yes. You're a good-looking guy. Paul, how was your water? <laughs> Thank I you. Actually had, I actually had two li- liquid deaths. Sorry, I'm stuck in my throat. I had the severed lime, which I like a whole lot. It's got that the, the bitter um, bitterness scent of lime. I like that a whole lot. And then I had the mango chainsaw, which I like a whole lot. I like all nice. this stuff. That's a pretty rad name. Mm-hmm. Kendall, plastic. murder your thirst. Yes. Kendall, still not ready for you yet. Mock, how was your Excellent. water? He's not here. Cool. I'm going to assume it was crisp and refreshing. Kendall. Yes. We'll get to you after we go for mine. I was drinking a gallon of water today, and on this show, I finished my gallon, so I'm pretty happy. Hey, Kendall, go ahead. Good on you. Congratulations, Massey. Nice. Oh, there All it right. is. Whiskey sour with the ripe. Excellent. Connecticut product, so um, if you are in the Tri-State area, definitely go. I don't know the price point because this was from, in fact, the Riddler collection. Um, I enjoyed it very much, and I, I'm anyone who is a, a mixed drink person, uh, definitely add this to your uh, repertoire. Or repertoire. It's like Kyle's second favorite word. <laughs> I don't even remember what the first one was. I remember giving it P, though. Pedantic. Pedantic, that's it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, go um, ahead and finish up. Hey, Mark. Yes. If you can do it, where can they find us? 
Find us on Facebook at Getting Sports with Drunk, Twitter and Instagram at GSWD underscore four. Make sure to use the hashtag GSWD for all your daily uses, whether it's, you know, living in just absolute sport purgatory like the cupcake or, uh, you know, celebrating, celebrating life irresponsibly. Like, like, comment, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm a big fan of Gaggle Podcast. <laughs> I know. I said that one all fucking up. Also, Kyle, why, would you not, why are you not a fan of living life irresponsibly? You're the most irresponsible you're... human being I know. I thought you said responsibly. No, who am I? The Modelo guy? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's why I thought it was uh, right. Uh, Kendall, PPRN. Uh, Peter Pinocho returns this Wednesday at 7.30. Uh, mixtape Saturday, I believe, is this coming Saturday, so stay tuned for the lineup. And anytime uh, shows aren't on, there's music playing, so tune in. Hooray. Um, I don't know what we're going to do next week, but we'll figure it out. Until then, I'm your host, just Cupcake the Riddler. Paul's going to make not. a game. What, Kyle? I said Paul's going to make a game. I'm Mark. Machine washable. New. I'm Mark. Interrupting souls. <laughs> the Chris Massey. And the Red of a Red Baron. Now washable. Right.